it's always a privilege to be here, and I do not take this opportunity lightly at all. Your pastor is one fine gentleman. Uh, one fine guy. You know, there are many men who are jogging left and right every dawn trying to get your pastor's body. <laughs> Denying ourselves of carbohydrates and fats. But your pastor has it naturally. Uh, it is not it is not difficult to find a pastor who is handsome and not anointed these days you can find some fine guy no oil and then you can find those that have oil <laughs> but when you see their faces it's been, it's been fried in oil but it is rare to find a pastor who is a fine guy and who has oil. And prayer temple, you have a fine guy who has oil. And um, just and all I'm saying is a true story. Nothing is hyped. And when you find a man who is married, he has a wife. But when a man has a wife who is still a bride, it's almost like they always having wedding day after day. And your pastor does not just have a wife, he has a bride by his side. If you are visiting this conference and you are not a member of this church, you probably wanted to come through. I want to recommend the sisters of this house to you. If you're not married, I speak by the grace that is on my life. You will be sorted out. That brother who lifted your hand, shout, I receive. <laughs> what an atmosphere. And I salute all the great minstrels, music gifts in the body of Christ that have been gathered a conference like this with such atmosphere and uh, it's been years since I saw William Mike and when I saw them the last time I saw them they were not married um, but the Lord no one that they sang favor that they didn't know the Lord would favor them this way uh, let's one more time put our hands together for them and, uh, I appreciate Minister Paulo uh, and let me also say that the, the group that sang here, wonderful, awesome ministry, Shane. Uh, as for the choir of this house and the people, Charlie, I expected that all they would be doing is praying you because this is prayer temple. But the people here, eesh, people God bless you for your consistency, for your commitment, your labor of love in the Lord will never be in vain. It will never be in vain. And for all the leadership that stands with this prophet of God, I salute you. I bid you grace, peace, and the prophet's reward that the Lord himself will look from heaven 
that splatter his mercies and grace on your family in the name of Jesus. I want you to pick up your Bible and if it is your own Bible, stand and say, this is my own Bible. In this meeting, our other gifts of the body of Christ, I salute you in Jesus' name. If the Bible is yours, say, this is my own Bible. Bible. You are not saying it as if you are sure. And if you can stand to your feet, if you are not a cripple, you don't have any problem with your knee, your knee has not removed from your kneecap, I want you to stand to your feet. Say after me, it contains the word of God. Tonight, I shall receive the mind of Christ and my life will never remain the same again. First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30. And let me commend whoever is behind the sound. That Charlie, the sound is sound. You know, if that guy, if I don't give him funds, he can cut me off. So, Chris, that sound is the sound is sound. Sound is sound. First Samuel chapter 30, I read from verse 1. I want you to listen because um, I can see from the faces of some people they've not read the Bible today. And so I want to read enough for you. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And taking the women captives that were therein, I want you to note that, they slew not any, they didn't kill any of the women, either great or small, which means women come in sizes, but carried them away, which is a lot of work, and went on their way. I want you to know that they carried the women away. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, now that doesn't mean that if your name is David, you can marry two. But that is Old Testament. Somebody say OT. Okay. And David's two wives were taken captives Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the fool, the Carmelite. That's what the Bible says of Nabal. Verse 6 And David was greatly distressed for the people speak of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar the priest brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Bessor. The brook Bessor. 
And this is where we notice what happened. Where those that were left behind stayed, but David pursued he and 400 men. Which means that when they got to the brook Bessel, 200 stayed behind. Sometimes in life you get to a place where Obesoashe, the brook Bessel, is a key word. <laughs> then you realize that you don't have the strength to go. He went with 400, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bessel. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat. I want you to note that. They were distressed, in trouble, but they blessed somebody. And they made him drink water. The guy ate bread. He drank water. Verse 12, and they give him a piece of the cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when you eat and you drink water, you take dessert. The Bible says, and when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. His spirit had traveled. I come to me, do not whom whom it to quine. The spirit came to him, again to him. How many of you have eaten some food and your spirit came to you? The spirit came back. Hmm. It means that what he ate was not tea bread. I will explain. Somebody say revelation. Hmm. The spirit came back. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? And whence? At thou, and he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days agone I fell sick. Now, I want you to note that the Bible says that from verse 1, I'm going back to verse 1, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, they noticed that there was calamity and they started praying. And the guy said, I fell sick three days ago. Don't let anybody deceive you. Your prayer is working. Verse 14. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherites and upon the coast which belonged to Judah and upon the south of Caleb and we burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? He said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, Behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Malachites had carried away and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken into them. And David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the heads in which they drave before those 
other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. And David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, which whom they had made also to abide at the brook Bethel. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial, of those that went with David and said, because they went not with us, we will not give them pain. The Hebrew word is me, which means don't go and quote my Hebrew anywhere. <laughs> we will not give them aught of day of the spoil which we have recorded covered, save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Then David said unto them, Ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hands. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as is his part, as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarried by the stuff, and they shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it the status and an ordinance of, for Israel unto this day. Father, bless your word and bless your people. I ask for understanding, but beyond that, I ask for an anointing. Pour an anointing in this place, unique. Let your word flow. We hear my voice, but let us hear your word. Let us live here knowing that God spoke. Imprint your word into our hearts and let a change begin. Give us a testimony, even in 2017. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you sit down, before you sit down, find three people and tell them this is still your year. Now I want you to prophesy to the person this is still your year. This is still your year. This is still your year. You may be seated. We have come to the end of November. You might have put some things before the Lord from January. Cross the first quarter. You cross the second quarter. You've crossed the third quarter. And the last quarter is about to run out. We are left with one more month. But I came here as a servant of the most high God to tell you whatever God has promised you, he would deliver it into your life and your family. He is not a man that he should lie. Neither a son of man that he should repent. When he promises, his promises are yea and amen. That amen lacked vitamins. When God gives a promise, he delivers on his promise. My sermon is entitled, This is Still My Year. Uh, if it is not your year, you can't even write the title down. But if it is your year, when you write it down, you are speaking to yourself, you are speaking to your spirit, you are telling yourself that 2017 is still not over. God will deliver some things into my life. He will give me a testimony before this year runs out. Just a little bit of uh, uh, history on David, just to get his profile right. David is this guy that the Bible says he himself confessed in the Holy Writ in the Bible. He confessed and said that in sin did my mother conceive me. Many theologians agree to the fact that this could mean that his mother is, wasn't the bona fide wife of uh, Prince Jesse. That Jesse decided to chat with somebody and something came out of it. 
For a man to boldly declare that in sin did my mother conceive me. We can ask questions. To further prove that my uh, belief or suggestion could be true, he is this guy who was supposed to be the last of Jesus' children. And yet, when his father had a few sheep, he kept him out of the house to go and take care of the few sheep in the backside of the desert. Now, let me just get you to understand that in those days, the shepherds did not go with the sheep in the morning and return in the evening. The shepherds had to go because Israel up till today is a very arid area. It has more wilderness than grass. So the shepherd will have to go more than a day's journey into the bush trying to find that green grass that is a field that the sheep can eat for a long time. So when the shepherd goes out, the shepherd doesn't come back that the same day. That means that you will not send a little boy with sheep to go for days. But theologians agree that by the time David was being anointed, he was between 16 and 17. And yet he was the shepherd taking care of his father's sheep. His elder brothers were not given that responsibility. It's either your father wants to kill you or your father doesn't want to see you. And so this boy, conceived in sin, is sent away to go and take care of a few sheep. But God still picked him out when God wanted a king to be anointed. He told Samuel that I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I have found myself a man. And he said, I found myself a man after my own heart. You do know that David at 17 would not be classified as a man. But if you are a person who chases after the heart of God, God sees you matured. And so God says, I have found a man. After my own heart, please don't theologize it and find some kind of expressions to me. What it simply means that God says, David is actually after my heart. If you are after a girl, you go looking for the girl. Now, some of you are too young to understand what we have been doing. David is after the heart of God. It means the way you've been chatting with her at night, David has been chatting with God at night. Mm. He was not singing two songs to stop. He was always thinking about God. God said, I found a man after my heart. And then he tells Samuel, when you go to the house of Jesse, I will show you whom I'm talking about. So Samuel gets to the house of Jesse, and Jesse has sons. If you look at their shoulders, they look like kings. They were paraded before Samuel. As a matter of fact, Samuel the prophet, the Bible says that his voice or his word has never fallen to the ground unfulfilled. And yet Samuel sees one guy and says, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And God said, you are surely wrong. Because you as a man, you look on the outward. He said, men look on the outward, but I, God, looks at the heart. And can I pause and talk to a sister in this place? Because you missed a brother last time because he doesn't look like the one you are expecting. I thought some brother would say amen. Look, when I'm, I'm preaching my preaching, I want to say something for a brother in this place. You better support me. If not, I will stop and preach my preaching. I'm talking to the sister for you. You are still door door. I am saying again that the sister judged you by your heart, but in your heart there are some. Somebody say preach. Listen, many people keep making the same mistake. 
look at a man and look at a woman and judge the person's ability by the looks. But what is inside of me is not necessarily how I am packaged. How many of you have seen a Milo container? They've written Milo, drink for champions, but when you open it, it's yellow paint. Sometimes the one you thought was the guy for you is filled with... Samuel saw a man and Samuel said that this one looks like a king. And God said, you have missed it. You have missed it. Wait till I see and show you who is coming. And God ordered that David be called when David walked in. Just imagine David walking in. According to theologians, the description meant that he was an albino kind of guy. So he's walking in and it's probably in the afternoon. So his eyes were like that and he's watching. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? But it doesn't matter what people think is the defect in your life. When God chooses you, he has chosen you. We are here not because we qualify in the eyes of men. We are here because God God's hand has picked us out. If it was about men, then your pastor would not be here. But the hand of God reached out to wherever he was. And God anointed him. And God picked him up. If you judge him by how he looks or what he says, you will miss it. He is the one that God has ordained for your destiny to be fulfilled. That if you sit under his ministry, then you will become what God has ordained for you to become. If you despise him and look down on him, you are about to look down on your own destiny. Sometimes our judgments, we miss it. We think somebody is somebody because of how the person is packaged. I know and I understand that we ought to package right, but the truth is this. Sometimes you miss it because you are looking on the outward. Content is key. Container is nothing. I have seen people well-dressed, beard-shaped, hair-cut, with a little jerry here. <laughs> Give them microphone to sing. My voice is better. But I've also seen people, they might not look like it, but they break down the presence of God. Content is key. Don't tempt me to sing. Content is key. May we not make such mistakes. Uh, his own brethren couldn't believe. But it doesn't matter what they think. I came to preach to you. You are the one. Oh, uh, you, you, you are the one. You are, in your family, you are the one. In your, in your neighborhood, you are the one. You might not have the kinds of certificates they are expecting. But when God says you are the one and he picks you up, you are the one. David didn't look like the one, but somebody shout, I am the one. Suffer, you are the one. Uh, you are the one. You know, sometimes you you, I, I, you, you, you meet some people, you're asking, do I even have a gift? Do I even have anything to present? But it is not about what you think. It's about what God has ordained. He said to Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, it means that before Jeremiah could ever say, Mama, he was a prophet. It had nothing to do with Jeremiah prophesying. Jeremiah was not a prophet because he was prophesying. He was a prophet because God said he is. Are there billionaires in the service? Some of you are saying yes as if you are apologizing to the person sitting by you. Are there billionaires 
If you are the one, shout, I am. We are not what we are because we've done something. We are what we are because he says we are. <laughs> you, you make a mistake. It's like somebody thinking that I am handsome because I'm wearing a dress. I am not my dress. I am me. If me is not handsome, dress cannot make me handsome. Dress can be nice. That's why when you wear some dress and somebody says nice dress, if somebody is saying that you, you are not. So ask the person, Ura. You look nice in a nice dress. David came on the scene and God said, David didn't understand political science. He didn't understand party structures. He didn't know anything about political rulership, governance. He didn't understand policies. God said, you are the one. Others who were in the family, already were in the military academy. They understood all manner of chain of commands. They understood all manner of things. And God said, David is the one. He had been anointed. His own brother still despised him. He got to the battlefield and they asked, what have you come to do here? After he had been anointed, his father was still sending him on errands. Go and dispatch and give this little cake to your people. You are anointed, but you are still running errands. And that's where some of you get confused and wonder, do I really have authentic anointing on my life? Because I'm still doing what I've been called to do and it's still not shining. You have to just relax because in his own time, he will make all things beautiful. Just relax. Sometimes you are anointed, but you are frustrated. Because you are wondering, I thought the Lord anointed me. I thought I heard a prophecy. I thought that three times pastor has spoken over my life and said this and that. Have you realized that sometimes the ones we prophesy that they are going to be rich are the ones that are so broke? Uh, people who forget their trouser has pockets because there is no activity. <laughs> but don't give up. The anointing will speak. And now David goes on the battlefield. He meets a guy called Goliath. Long story short, he beats this guy up so bad. Goliath dies. The movie is over. David is now introducing to the palace because Goliath was his gateway to the palace. And by the time he arrives in the palace, everybody is suspecting that breakthrough has started. In the palace, he starts eating well. David is looking not malnourished as he used to. The Bible says that he went before Saul and before the people of Israel with great wisdom, behaved himself wisely. And whilst you thought that life was becoming better, Saul started hating him. And Saul started throwing javelin, not for fun. It was in the Olympic Games. Wanted to kill him. Just imagine. Anybody been there before? Sometimes, you know, some of these things, if you've not seen them before, when life is treating you fine, all of a sudden things change. 
And sometimes you stand in the mirror and ask, did I do something wrong? I thought the door, the door just opened to the palace. The prophecy is being fulfilled. I'm dealing with kings. Now the king hates me. What have I done? And everywhere David went, the king would chase after him. He killed priests before because of David. So David runs into exile. I'm not talking to everybody at this particular time of my preaching. I'm talking to somebody who has seen hell. And not everybody has seen hell. Have you been through trouble and you standing and ask, what did I do wrong? There was a day in the life of David, he stood and told God, if what is happening to me is because I've sinned against you, take an offering. Take an offering and let your anger be appeased. Memma or bribe. Take an offering. Because you can see the man is frustrated. What is it? Then let me go back and take care of the sheep at least. Nobody is looking to kill me. The king. When the king wants to kill you, the king wants you and the newspaper says dead or alive, wanted. The king wants to kill you. Who are you going to talk with? The king wants to kill you. And there are soldiers who want to kill you. Because if they kill you, they will be promoted. In this life, do you know that some people think your downfall is their upliftment? Oh yes. Sometimes even in church. But I know it doesn't happen here. I'm talking about the other church. Somewhere. Yeah. 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 Even in church. So David now says, I need to go into exile. Just think about it. He was born in Israel. He grew up in Israel. He gets noticed and promoted in Israel. The whole nation knows him. But now he has to run away from Israel. The land of his birth. Why? Because he was anointed. One of the proofs you have been anointed is that trouble looks for you. John the Baptist was anointed. Trouble looked for him. Elijah was anointed. Trouble looked for him. Elisha. The king, when there was farming, the king said, today, Elisha's head must go off. He wasn't the minister of a Greek. If nobody spoke about you, then you are nobody. The anointing. Some of you stand in the mirror and say, "Any idea? Mean she sure what? She chale what it? The anointing. So David now runs, goes into exile, goes to live in Ziklag. He's minding his business, and whilst he's there, the anointing also attracts certain kinds of people. Whilst he's there. The rich people don't come. The Bible says that people who were in debt came. Or the microfinance beaker. Software is here. He's a banker. They are looking for people they could recover amount of money from. They've gone to Ziklag. People who were distressed. Just say, oh, Brano. Then they go. 
these kinds of guys. The Bible says 400 of them, vagabonds. The Bible says vagabonds. They went. Then they start a landguards ministry. They take swords, go and do landguarding. Take swords, go and do that. These boys came trouble. But you see, authentic anointing will always produce. All of a sudden. Listen, if this house is the house of God, if you have been here for five years, you have a testimony. They come and they come and they come. But calamity doesn't leave. Because once the anointing starts speaking, calamity and trouble starts looking. The Bible said, the Amalekites appeared. And you've not faced an Amalekite. Let me go back. You don't know who an Amalekite is. Let me help you. The Amalekite were the first to fight Israel when Israel came out of slavery. Think about it. Israel just came out of slavery in Egypt. And the first people that met him was not, oh, well done. The people just came holding machets and swords to fight. You just came out of slavery. That's the Amalekite. David was just having a level of stability all of a sudden. Who is Amalek? Amalek is that spirit that comes to stand in your way when you start breaking through. You just got married. When you were courting, relationship was so fine. You just got married three months in the house. You saw a mouse pass. Your mother-in-law just came and brought her son a bag with cocoa. Immediately she left, you saw a mouse pass. You said, Hey! Now, a cry there. Your husband says, Opa just over me cross. It's not your mother-in-law. It is the spirit of Amalek that always wants to fight you when you have entered your breakthrough. And this mouse, mystery mouse that couldn't be found becomes the bone of contention and all manner because problem is always like a seed. It grows with branches. Sometimes you don't even know what was the problem because that's giving birth to several grandchildren. Amalek is the spirit that fights you when you enter your breakthrough. Amalek. That spirit. There are some people, they see your success as their failure. The fact that you have changed your card this year, they see that they have failed. But tell somebody, it is not my fault. It is not my fault. <laughs> It is not my fault that God is blessing me. It is not my fault. It is not my fault. Amalek is the spirit that seeks to hinder you anytime you want to make progress. Amalek seeks to cut short the flow of God's grace. That you are so frustrated that you cannot even focus that God's grace is what is working for me. Amalek came 
And the Bible says, and I'm going to go very quick, so I want you to listen. The Bible says, when Amalek came, he took and carried the women. Listen. If Amalek just took the women, David and the boys would have had some level of consolation. That at least we have the children, which represent our future. But Amalek took the children away, which means they have taken your future also away. Then they have taken the women that are the only species that can produce the next. And left all men, infertile men. Master, man to man, dear. And you. Can't you tell me for? Me say, they took. Baby. Man to man is not a lot. Amalek took the women and carried them. I said, both great and small. And you're not making it. It's in the Bible. Carried them because some could not walk. Don't tell me it means that they are... No, no. The Bible said carry them. Brother, you should be able to carry. <laughs> carry them and took them away. So Amalek will not just take your present, but will take your future. Have you ever entered a trouble that threatens your investments and threatens your... My wife and I had bought a property and we were just developing. We got into a certain state. And anytime I go there, I get excited what is happening. And one day I get there and they have written on the wall, remove. I said, remove which one? (laughs) Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Is it the first floor? The ground floor? Remove where? There is no part of it that can be removed. <laughs> Remove. I said, hold on, hold on. Remove the roof. Remove where? The staircase. Remove. All of a sudden, and then the other guy, there was a guy who has built one huge, I think, eight-bedroom house, mansion, something. And then I met him. He had come from abroad. He said, oh, are you the pastor? He said, uh, the way the people came here. So I've gone to meet with them, and he's paying extra money for the land. They were collecting, I think, 100000 or something. I said, hold on, hold on. You have that money. <laughs> I don't have that money. He said, but you have to go. I said, I won't go and see them. I'm going to see the one that I dedicated the land to. This land. I said, this land, I've given it to God. It's not even for my children. When we do dedication, it means that it is given to God. I'm going to see him. He said, but the people. I said, your, your solution is money. And you have it. Do you know how we have come here? <laughs> First of all, remove. I don't have any other land to remove this one. Even if I have something to remove it and push it, I can't. It can't go to my father's house. That was Amalek. 
Everything that you have has gone into this thing. They said, remove. Everything. They, they took everything they could take. Then the Bible says that this is where Amalek, the spirit is wicked. I want you to listen because I'm ending soon. You need to get this. Amalek will take everything. They take this. They take this. When they finish, the one they can carry, the Bible said they burn it with fire. So think about it. Whilst they took their shoes and took, then they saw some tally what they never want it. Then they saw some into my gubi gu and say, Yamfang Yashi, say, I'm not going to go there. Amalek will burn even the one you don't like. Burnt everything. I said, Let's go. If you've not been through trouble like that before, you wouldn't understand what I'm preaching. You turn yourself this way and that when you're asking, How do I solve it? And then the men, the people that David's anointing had brought benefit to. I don't like the church of David. His leaders, his members, church workers, ushers, everybody gang together. Charlie, who was stone? The Bible said they thought of stoning him. And David is alone. May you never go through that. Oh yes, may may your person. Hey, they thought of stoning him. <laughs> You've not gone through such things before. Have you ever fed a hand that has beaten you before? And you're confused. Did I do wrong? These people, the Bible said, they came stressed, debtors, distressed. David gave them. Heaven. And now, because life is not going the way they expected, they don't, they don't even want to leave him. They will stone him. Because they've wept. Life is such that you will get a lot of relationships. But you see, just like the human hair, there are some relationships they are not so prominent, but you were born with. You see, you are born with this hair. When you come out of your mother's womb, you came with this hair. You didn't come with this. This comes, I'm talking about men here. If you're a sister, you have the kind of beard pastor has, we need to pray for you. <laughs> this kind, no, no, we will pray right now. <laughs> amen and amen. This kind of beard, watch this, only comes in at a certain age of your life. When you have matured, there are some relationships that come when you have come of age or when you have certain kinds of uh, um, um, kinds of, uh, of exploits recorded. Sometimes amazing, whilst you are rising in life you get certain friends. There are some people that will not walk into your life. And pastor understands what it means in the church world. There are just some people who won't come here till this church gets to a certain level. We don't hate them. We are not saying, oh, you are now coming. No. They are like the beard. They are like the beer. But don't despise this because of this. There are some people in your life, they are like this. Sisters, you understand what I'm saying? This. 
Isn't it amazing that when you shave it off, if it grows, watch this, it doesn't grow beyond what it was previously. It never grows to become like the beard. It will provide exact quantity. No, boho. Sometimes we treat it badly, we remove it, we use crayon to do something, but after we have done it, it still will come. It came to the same size. It's amazing. Oh, do baby, I so do nothing, maybe. Manage me. Because there are some, just like you were born with, there are some relationships that you need for destiny's journey. And one of such is your pastor. When God gives you a pastor, don't go and find some radio prophets, television prophets somewhere and say, oh, this is my daddy. And this is your daddy. Your pastor sits by you. Your pastor sits with you. Your pastor mourns with you. Your pastor celebrates with you. He is your enintonin giving. Don't despise it because now, young man, you think the design is done with beard. That is why you can easily one day just wake up and shave all the beard. Just like that. And when you shave this thing off, you feel funny. <laughs> Let me not go there. Let me finish my preaching. My time is gone. There are some hairs, except you grow to a certain age, they won't come. Know the relationships in your life. As a pastor, I understand. There are some kinds of relationships, even in ministry. That except I grow to a certain age, they won't come. Your armpit hair won't go. If you have a child that's just six months, armpit hair, and a problem, sorry, now we Hey! You better buy a gallon of oil. Now we you go to work, you come back, hey, and the child is not there. And instead of saying, Mama, Mama, the child is standing by the sink. Hey, no, you there. Say, baby. <laughs> hey! Let me try to close. David had relationships. And these relationships in the life of David, man of God, they hadn't been tested. You want to know who you have as a friend? It is not in good times. There are too many fair weather relationships. Once you are riding high, they are flowing with you. But can you stand by me? When everything is going haywire, can you stand by me? Are you still with me? In good times, we can't really call you a faithful church member. When, when you, you, you have, your salary is flowing and you can take 10% and give, that is not, it is when everything is not going well, but this is what you have. Can you still say, this is my house? This is where I'm fed meat. You're not going to read two things on Facebook about somebody who says, don't pay tight. Can you stand? Can you stand? David's men. So all this while, the men David was, was work, working with, they, they could stone him. 
You remember Pastor Aaron? Pastor Aaron comes through celebrating. When the Red Sea opens, celebrating. Leaders are with them celebrating. They come into the wilderness. Moses spent just 40 days. And then he said, this Moses, we are not sure what has happened to him. And they convince Aaron. And Aaron collects gold from them and molds a golden calf. Did you see the picture in my book of Bible story? That's the exact picture. I don't know how they got it. But, but this is the deal. All the while, Aaron is working with Moses as assistant pastor. Aaron knows how to mold a golden calf. Assistant pastor. But he still has six and seven book of Moses. Or your assistant pastor. Or Nanti. So he's standing with Moses. Moses. He was standing there. And this is Moses' big brother, biological brother. With sheer magic. Do you know the people in your life? Are you mistaking somebody? Who is just some kind of an armpit hair to be a very vital hair? That's what the Bible said. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. And there comes a time that you have to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And tell yourself that this year is still my year. Now, I'll close with this point. Long story short, they start a journey again. This time, David knows that all these people are not reliable. Sometimes you have to learn how to work with people who are not reliable. Their job must be done. It's not everybody you sack. So now, he's working with them, but he knows that these people, such people, you don't go too far ahead of them. You give them space to stone. So he's working with them. Working with them. I'm telling you, many are brain American stuff. Working with them. And then they come to a place and 200 are tired. That makes sense. They have taken your wife. They're taking your children. You're telling me you're tired. Sisters, may you never marry such a man. Amen. I won't go into it. bread. Then they just rest. Hey. <laughs> so, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. So, these guys decide to sleep. <laughs> Ask somebody, are you born again? Are you like... They decide to sleep. Now, now I want you to, I need your attention. So what happened was as I am closing David goes with this 400 and the lesson is this. Listen to me very carefully. They've taken his wife his wives taking the children. Then they see a guy 
and he's dying. They are hungry. They don't have enough water. But they see somebody, he's dying. And David said, give him something to eat. The guy eats. And the Bible said, he said, give, give him bread. In the Bible, bread is not flour. Sometimes bread is... Now bread is when they say bread, just say, be a modru. A man that is dying out of hunger, you don't give him fried rice. Come on, am I preaching? Be, be a modru. He said, give him bread. Because if it is not bread, his spirit cannot come again. If you talk to those who have near death experience, or Bible who say, I saw my spirit going. But they put something in front of the guy, and the spirit said, Hey! I'm coming back. I'm, I'm preaching. Tell somebody he's preaching. A spirit came back to do the assignment. Then they give him water. Then he feels the thing. Then they give him cake. Then they give him reasons. And the guy finished the thing. He said, make us David said, listen, the principle there is this. When you can give, when you have need, you're about to have results that 40 days of prayer won't give you. When you give, it must be given that touches you. Last Sunday, there was a a pastor who came to do something for me in the office and when he was about leaving I was, just, I was there with Benny here and I was, just, I was like what's your shoe size and he said he's 42 then Benny said oh Afa. so I took him to the back of my car I had some shoes in my car I wore one for first service and I went somewhere else to preach during the second service so I, I, it was in my car they took it to my car and I said choose any two shoes now the guy chose the one I wore for the first service, which was like my second time of wearing or something like that. A fire up in the machine. And I think he also felt the, the way my heart beat. So then he said, Oh, Anna. Then the guy DCCC and he picked. I just got a trainer that Adidas has just released some some uh, design. Uh, I'm, I'm, so I just got this design that I used for. I just got it, you know. And I want to share it. say anyway. I felt like telling him meow. <laughs> but <laughs> I was watching him and I he just took his soul. So man of God, man of God, man of God. 
straight into his car boot, closed this, and came back. Man of God. When he sent me thank you late night, I didn't reply. You haven't given till the giving touches you. And what is beautiful is that 400 men with David, none of them said, ah, even we, we have not eaten. Sometimes your giving and your good seed sowing to somebody will open the door. Look, they would have passed by this guy and missed their breakthrough. You have no idea what giving can do. This guy held the solution. The guy said, three days ago I fell ill. At the same time, David was praying. and said, God, shall I recover? Shall I overtake? Same time. Who told you your prayers are wasted? When God started, God didn't tell David, as you go, you meet this. You... No, no. When you pray, he starts working. But sometimes we give up. I am telling you that this year is still your year. Yeah. The Bible said they got there. None, none 